thing that was a real big hump for me with miniatures painting I saw on YouTube was the number of times that eventually they'd be like, and then just wet the brush with with saliva. And I was like, wait, what? And then uh, I, I would see like wet blending techniques like, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta put the brush in your mouth for a second. It's okay though. It's fine. Uh, and I, I was inundated with it enough that when I, I was getting, I'm, I've been getting back into minis painting and I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to wash my brush off and then I will re, um, tighten the tip by using my mouth. Mm -hmm. I did it once and it worked really well and I don't even think about it anymore. So I got over the hump. I put paint brushes in my mouth now. Okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy for me too. See, when I went down to the Warhammer store for their contrast paint demo, mm -hmm. one of the people at the table was uh, telling a story about one of those weird habit shows they have on, like, History Channel, because that's what history is now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was about uh, a woman who would drink paint. Like, that was just what she did. And she'd come into, like, a gaming shop, and she'd get, uh, like, like, the shade paints, or just, you know, those the little ones they had, because to her... She really liked them because they went down so smoothly. Yeah, okay. That's not where I'm at. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> what the f*** is going on down there? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hi, Aaron. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Um, I have very good taste. Uh, TJ, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you got very good taste? Uh, no. No, not really. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, you know, only a few of us are going to get that kind of admirer's letter uh, in the email. Uh, Grant, it is kind of weird that they sent me an old password of mine. Like, that kind of freaked me out for a second, but... I could see what the intention was. That's not what we're here to talk about, though. We're here to talk about uh, Transformers, a franchise. This is WTFTFW, and uh, hello, welcome everyone. It's uh, it's it's happening. SDCC is drawing nearer. TFCon is drawing nearer. GenCon is drawing nearer. That's now a source of Transformers news as well. Uh, who to thunk? Mm -hmm. It. Um, Aaron, you going to GenCon? Yeah. Yes, I offered uh, you a spot on my couch so that you I know, could come but to Jim Con. I'm like, no, I'm too good for that. I want to go to hey, America. That's, that's not. That's literally not what I said. A, <laughs> B. I'm establishing the scene for the listener who was not party to those previous conversations. You know, every podcast is someone's first podcast. I'm kind of tired. Uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I am not too good for America. I'm just too poor to afford to travel there at that time. Walking's free, man. I mean, I told you that option's there for you. Maybe I also feel like I'm too good and I just don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about what we got this week that's on topic. Now, I have an update for everyone. I still haven't found anything. Uh, so that's me. Uh, <laughs> Aaron. Yeah. How's it been going over there? Uh, with the Transformers a hunting, uh, Brunt and Springer. Surprisingly, uh, damn it! How? Who, who are? Huh. Who did you? Okay, so I w I went so uh, last Thursday maybe went to Walmart and they had one Brunt on the pegs 
And I was very distraught because I know that in that box, there's other stuff I'd want. Yeah. I bought the Brunt, and I was kind of mopey, but had a Brunt. And then went back actually today to that same Walmart. Saw Springer right up front and center, and then saw another Brunt. And I was like, Who's buying everything but Brunt? <laughs> right. That or like, <laughs> like they've got plenty of space on the pegs, but I wonder if they're just like, No, there's supposed to be six on these three pegs. There's currently five. Open box, pull one thing out, put on a peg. Which this Walmart, I'd believe that. But mm. so Brunt and Springer, Springer and Brunt. Uh, let's talk about Brunt. Brunt is between six gun and and uh I'm not gonna say it. This, for, this is good cog. for the brain. Cog, yeah. All right. Uh he's good, um, but he definitely uh, like super parts former to just even transform. There's no like six gun I'm trying to think, does six gun necessarily have to parts form? I don't have one. You don't have a six gun? I've still never seen one. I'll have to. There's a place that has a couple six guns still. I'll bring a six gun up for you. Six gun has to part form, I believe. But just a little bit. Right. I don't recall a terrible amount. Brunt completely parts forms. You take him almost entirely apart to transform him. That's disappointing. It's like the only thing that you don't is his... Um, torso and his pelvis. Those two parts can separate mm-hmm. for doing the weaponizer thing, but they don't have to to transform, but everything else does. Because, like, his turrets, his legs, and that's cool, and it makes for a cool gun for somebody else to hold. Yeah. And it's it's a very neat way to do it. Um, But then, like, his arms end up being, having to come off and Wop sides, I think. No, they stay on the same side. They just have to go from like from plugged in sideways to plug. No, they do have to swap swap sides. Yep, never mind. That's a shame for me, at least. Yeah, uh, it doesn't doesn't put me off the toy, but like, yeah. given his alt mode, he was the one where I was like, oh, this one's probably going to actually just transform. And nope. uh, I, I get the it. Exact get, opposite he, of that. You, you can list me reasons why he doesn't, and I'm sure that they're correct, and I probably agree with them. But I still I still find it disappointing. Cog classically splits into two vehicles it makes sense to just work into that six yeah. gun never had an alt mode so the right. alt mode's kind of a bonus <laughs> right but i mean it's still he's still cool um like the way that he can come apart and turn into guns and you can turn his like torso part itself is got some neat molding on it to turn it into a cannon type thing and and mm. you can turn his pelvis and arms into like shoulder mounted claws like over the over the back of your robot so there's a lot of neat things that you can do with them weaponizer ways and all the myriad other things that you can do with them because he's a weaponizer and he turns into a bunch of parts and there's five millimeter pegs and holes everywhere in this line um i'm sure i'm sure i'm gonna dig him eventually like whenever i actually find him but do you want me to bring uh, you up a brunt too if that one's still at walmart so that maybe it can cycle around to one of the refractors it's got to be in that box I I'm already hesitant even on a six gun because I don't really want to pay retail for any of them. <laughs> okay, it'd I wanna, be U.S. I wanna, retail. I think that oh. still ends up being around about Canadian because Canadian retail on them is about thirty in tax. Uh, and if I can at least US find them, is like nineteen in tax. Yeah, which 
with conversion comes close enough that I, I don't know. I, I'd like to try to at least catch him at EB okay. Games so I can get the ten percent off. I appreciate it, but just trying to hook uh, you, just trying to take care of you. Momentarily have my, a twenty four gun for myself, but no, that's okay. I want I want my country to function uh, as far as giving me transformers. That's not even a country functioning. That's very selfish, yeah. but. I'm selfish. I want my Transformers to show up and on sale. Damn it. Uh, but well, like, like yeah. I, I'd say if you enjoyed Cog and Six Gun so far, Brunt is more of the same for sure. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I mean, Six Gun has got something special about him just because he turns into so many, like directly so many guns because, hey, Six Gun. Um, yeah. But, but Brunt is, Brunt is in the same ballpark. To to be fair to Brunt, he's he's never existed before outside of that tank turret mode. Yeah. So like, there's only so much I can really complain about. Yeah. He doesn't fit the character that I held in my mind. That's right. I mean, my first reaction to him was, "Oh, a new deluxe." That's how much I was pretty sure at a glance he would just transform. Mm-hmm. I remember way back, I was like, "I wonder who this guy." It's an original character, and then you know we find out that he's not because uh, I forgot Brunt existed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh but okay, that's Brunt. Uh Springer. Now, I mean, we've had video instructions officially mm-hmm. to help us through Springer. Springer was giving me a lot of good vibes. I don't want this to be Shatter again, but Aaron, please tell me about Springer. So, Springer is definitely better than Shatter. That pause after the so is already <laughs> putting a little bit of like a uh I'm tugging at my collar here. No. Uh Springer I enjoyed Springer. Um a lot of people have been comparing him to the Generations Springer. Mm-hmm. And I don't, first off, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair comparison because we're starting to get like into different toy generations for like value for size and what you can do with things. Um, mm. But I would definitely say he's very enjoyable. Um, like my biggest problem is I think his turret is a little bit like because there's a way that you take all of the weapons and combine them together. For a couple of things and it feels mm. like there should be a way to make the turret not spin because you have oh, you to the, use the, the the rotor mount yeah the rotor mount part of it yeah like it still wants to spin super easy so like you make the super gun with the swords on the side of it and it just oh, like no. burps to one side <laughs> or burps to the other and it has a mechanism where there's like slack in there where it could like like i what i'm wishing happened is like as you put the gun on top of it that it would like get into something that was at least like detented so it would hold the direction but but instead it just wants to free spin and go wherever gravity points it which is kind of disappointing when you 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 get him set up and you got him in a cool action pose except for like his gun is down over here and you gotta let him keep adjusting and fiddling and think about whatever happened to those little tiny plastic clear rubber bands that you could use to to trick things but and what one would wish that there was uh, a way to like you know we've I think we've had it before and maybe not in Transformers but you know like a, a free spinning kind of rotor mount and then you kind of click it down and that yeah. locks it. Yeah. So this is like it feels like it should do something like that because the rivet that holds the two pieces together sticks up. So when you push something into the five millimeter port on the top of it, mm-hmm. it like pushes the the five millimeter peg on the opposite side down a little bit. And when I saw that, when I put it together, I was like, oh, yeah, they did. No, they didn't. I wonder if, man, because I, I haven't even looked at the feedback thread. Like, I almost wonder, does that mechanism maybe exist in some of them, but it just didn't turn maybe. out very well? Like, I, um, yeah. 
I mean, otherwise he's he's very poseable. This is one where the battle damage splash silver paint actually looks good on him. All right. Uh, which I very much enjoy. Thanks to the videos, I was able to get a better idea on... He's got a little bit of... There's the top of the car part that as it comes down in both modes, it has various tabs that click into places. Mm -hmm. And it was actually... I went about an hour and a half ago as I was putzing with him went and watched that video and it did show just like the right angle to get something for one of those. And it was like, Oh, and then this clicks in place and this lets the other two parts come together that when the first time I kind of transformed around, I was like, Oh, this is kind of loose and crappy, but it was a matter of like, uh, no, you got to like, it has a little bit of sequencing that you got to do one before two before three. And then just, it was a thing that I had to push it just a little bit further past what I wanted to but seeing it in the video, I knew that it would, and then it went click, and then the car like came together and is now like a solid thing. How were the printed instructions at communicating that sequencing and etc? <sighs> Again, it's whole body shots for move the thing on his wrist. Oh, good. Okay, so they were uh, up to par. Yeah. Then <laughs> down to par. Then. I mean, uh, it's, it, it at least has more contrast between everything, but it it's still, like, the whole body CGI as they go step by step, and they don't think to, like, have a zoom window or something. Hmm. But I, w- I was glad to find him. Man, so it sounds like Springer is uh, he turned out pretty well, yeah. aside from the free spinning. As- as- aside right. from the rotor issue, yeah. All right, sweet. I'm excited then. I was really worried it was going to be like, oh, Springer, yeah, he's got a great robot mode. Nothing tabs together or something like yeah. that. No, my like I said, my first transformation around, nothing wanted to tab together. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. There's actually a video. They did it right for once. Yay. Went and looked at it and was like, oh, yeah, that does go, uh, okay, hey. All right. that Hey, you know what? It proves the theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Videos help. Please make them. Uh, well, congratulations on breaking one of our many droughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Holy crap. I didn't even know Springer was on shelves in the States yet. Uh, half half the news items I read, I'm always like, wait, what's out? And it's like in Germany or in Australia. And I'm like, oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Other territories. I get confused. Uh, TJ, did you manage to do any transformering uh, this week? I, I don't think either of us. I mean, I have nothing, but I don't think either of us are going to top aaron's actual discovery uh no no like i've literally been to every walmart and target here in the last couple weeks anywhere in my area uh yeah a lot of a lot of very blank pegs and shelves that nobody is bothering to restock yet and just salivating because i know springer and refractor are they're shipping out yeah i just need i just i need the monkey to hit the button for me someone anyone (laughs) but uh, i did do some on topic Oh, okay. So, of all places to find a Transformers deal, Best Buy was not one I would expect. Okay. Because for uh, for whatever reason, uh, for whatever reason, they had some of the Cyberverse Ultras, or Ultimates, I can't remember which, what, what we're designating them now. But, the big ones in the boxes? Yeah, yeah, the big ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the big gimmicky ones. I should communicate but... my 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 silence. There was me. I was doing that thing where you raise the finger and start saying something, but you don't actually say something, and you're looking to one side. That was the reaction to Best Buy. 
Yeah, uh, that, that's totally conveyed over audio. Yeah, you know, I, I I like to narrate it for for uh, for folks who are using this as sort of like an audio drama experience. But uh, I just realized Best Buy in Canada they do have like a toy. I'm not I'm not going to say a section. Uh, there's a shelf next to the video games where sometimes an action figure is sitting there. So I guess yeah, that, that makes the sense. The same like that here too. Man, mm-hmm. you guys have Best Buy in America just like ours. Yeah. Um, but how? So which ones did you pick up? Uh, well. Uh, for about ten bucks off each, I picked up Optimus and Megatron. All right, I, I oh, I got that Optimus. I, I think with the spinning matrix thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. That. I, I kind of like that Optimus. Yeah. Like, there's nothing really wrong with him. Like, he's he's got a big action gimmick that doesn't really get in the way. So that that's perfectly in line with what I'm after. And mm. yeah, he's he's nice and solid little Optimus Prime or little but fairly large Optimus Prime. Yeah. Little big. <laughs> little bit, yeah, little big. Dep- depends on how big you are. Some for some people, everything's little. Yeah. But no, no, he he makes a fairly solid. Like he's he's of course it's Cyberverse, so he's he's got his budget limitations. You can see, but not as many as I feared. Yeah, I, I found him like he was like the Shockwave I picked up, who's in the um you know the packaging where you can molest the toy or whatever. Uh. He was like the pleasant surprise where I'm like, I know this is the limited line, but hey, he's got like shoulders and elbows and hips and knees. Uh, and it was exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, this Optimus kind of hit me the same way. And there's actually some cleverness to his design. Like, I like how I, I like how a piece of his actual uh, truck cab is tucked away into his feet to give him some balance in robot mode. Yeah. Hmm. Like okay, that's a neat little trick to, for covering that gap. A lot of a lot of Optimus Primes miss that. There's you know, always and... one really cool trick I find in a lot of those simpler and often less articulated Transformers nowadays. Um, like a lot of the Bumblebee gimmick toys all have like a really cool step that you don't really see anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. It's just you know it's in a package that's otherwise not all that engaging enough to want to really drop cash on. But like when I watch a video of how they work, I'm like, you know making one up here but whoa that fender hide is like a really cool trick i wish we'd see in a deluxe in generations or something like that yeah i I find that i find that uh because they have such limited budgets in those that there's a little bit of creative thought going into what they have to do to make it work yeah like i saw we saw a bunch of that in like robots in disguise where some really cool figures came down the line oh yeah and even um one step changers i've always said like they're not going to be something you really, as a collector, need to go out and buy. But if you can ever handle some of the more recent one-step changers, there's some really cool, you know, one-action tricks in those. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually now I'm going to segue. Speaking of one-action tricks, I don't own that Megatron because I know he doesn't satisfy everything I need. But he's got this one-action trick that I, I saw in a video that did look pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, where Optimus is a very nice action figure Optimus who happens to have a very large action gimmick to him, Megatron has a very large, cool action gimmick that also hinders him quite a bit. It's like it's in the shape of a figure, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So, yeah, it he's, he's a bit of a brick. No neck rotation, which I found weird, and no elbows because, I guess... I guess to make sure the gimmick worked when mm. kids tried to do it, they limited the articulation so like it can only go this way. You can't accidentally screw it up. Yeah. 
But yeah, you put his arms together a la movie Megatron and you get this nice like flip out fusion cannon blast shot out of his uh, fusion cannon. It, it looks really cool. Mm. Like it's, it's a nice gimmick that functions fairly well. Uh, like I was a little bit disappointed to find out that like that arm position is half of his transformation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can just kind of take him out of tank mode and go right into just blasting away. Or just leave him in tank mode and blast away, you know? It kind of whatever. It kind of justifies oddly the concept of those half transforming scout toys to me. Like it's like, alright, I see where you got that idea from. Is like this Megatron is almost like a a, a father piece to, to that whole price point. Price point still I think is kind of inherently flawed, but like at least like there's a there's a connective tissue there. Yeah, yeah. Like we got, we used to get a lot of that where like, here's a simple version of the gimmick and like, here's how it's supposed to work, but here's the larger version of the gimmick. And this is how it should work. Yeah. And, and I also like, I'm when the gimmick is that involved, like, you know, it's, it's as a toy, that's not even specifically for us necessarily the older collectors. Like I appreciate like making sure that the gimmick works. Uh, yeah. cause the slip, like that large slipstream is a very frustrating figure for me because it was a combination of she has just enough articulation to make the missing articulation hurt more. And then her gimmick has so many um, points of failure that it almost never works as intended. Because uh, it's like this whole like spinning like V fin that comes off the top of the, the jet mode. And it only actually spins if you if you unlock it it'll just flip out and not do anything and then if you manually fold it back almost all the way and let go of it then the gears catch and the spinning happens uh and it, it's a real bummer because i'm like you know what if there was some way to brickify the robot more just so the spinning thing works i think i'd actually feel better about it mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean th- as far as i could tell like those those ultimate class ones on a discount are like completely fine if you think they look cool yeah like if you like the look of them and you get them on sale there's nothing really offensive about them you know they're more solid than i expected optimus makes a great figure megatron just has a really cool function to him you know i don't like i don't mind that so much when it's very obvious going in this toy was built around its gimmick yeah if you make if you make the gimmick cool and you're honest about it okay perfectly fine it's no, it's not it, trying to to split its hairs to the point of like both extremes not really working all that well. Yeah. Like well this this is a collect this is a collector's action figure but it also has this weird little gimmick that means it doesn't have working shoulders or waist rotation. And then because there's like working elbows the gimmick also sometimes doesn't work right unless you make sure the elbows are completely straight. Yeah. Um Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, I think there's one more figure coming out of that price point, but it's a giant bumblebee, which I think is harder to to parse next to those two. Yeah, I've I've seen it. Like, there's there's elements of that bumblebee that look good, but there's a little bit too much sacrifice for it. I think. Yeah. Now, if the, if there was a, a gimmick figure, I'd go for to go with that Optimus. Like, it doesn't really fit aesthetically, but like just in in that same vein, the very large movie bumblebee they made with uh, the electronic like uh, wheel on his chest. Um, mm-hmm. that thing's transformation looks really cool. Uh, if I ever could find that thing for a discount, like it would be tempting just cause I, it looks like it transforms really cool. Basically. It it does. Like yeah. th- that's another one of those situations of, well, they packed a gimmick into his chest, but as an action figure and a transformer, he still entirely works. Yeah. 
Now, the the one bummer about that one is that actually turned me off of it because I was I was getting tempted to just pick it up because I really wanted a big VW. Uh, but then I, all the videos I saw, people were like, I can't get more than so many sounds out of this. Like I think we even talked about this on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't figure out like how they were advertising so many sounds. Um. I don't, th- I don't think that ever got cleared up either. I think it's generally no, everyone no, moved on. No, no, it's just a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> so everyone just sort of continued on with their lives. Uh, anyway, no, congratulations uh, on finding some good big discount toys at a Best Buy. Uh, I was going to congratulate Aaron, but I'm jealous. TJ, did you get anything else? Uh, one other thing. All right. So yesterday I went up town to the giant flea market that we have. Uh just i haven't been there in years let's just see what happens and you know there's half broken uh rid figures current rid figures i should say oh uh, i bet they were deluxes Sorry, yeah warrior yeah. class well yeah but... yeah uh okay. a lot of flip changers that didn't have the parts that flipped anymore uh, a lot of happy meal toys you know as far as transformers go mm. uh two like for, for some reason one guy one dude had like two uh galaxy force optimus primes like the repaint ones like just okay okay yeah like, i <laughs> d- don't know how like if you had this all a the flea parts, market or, was this a flea market or was this an, an outdoor dealer room no this would no this this was a flea market like okay you know like well well when i say things like this i mean like this is parsed out out, out of like seven eight <clears throat> tables all right you know like seven eight different booths i had to spend all day trying to hunt down uh one guy, just no Transformer presence, no real toy presence, just had this pile of just, like, toy scraps. And I'm just digging through it just out of curiosity. There's a decoy. Like, for some reason, amongst all these, like, broken Happy Meal toys and, like, an arm off of a Power Ranger and things like that, there is a decoy Thundercracker just chilling out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a one piece, right? Like, there's no way it could break any further without ripping it in half oh no no it's it's dirty because it's just cheap little rubber figure but like it's just on this like like a dollar for two table oh but there's only one yeah well (laughs) well uh they had the they had an animated prowl like the little tiny one that came with the like i think it was a board game it came with oh yeah yeah oh yeah Yeah, so like i picked up the two of them but this it was a dollar for two, but I don't have small change on me. Mm. Like I'm car- I'm carrying a debit card. I haven't gotten money for anything yet. <laughs> like a, so, you have a knife. I can just shave a fleck of plastic off this debit card. It's worth probably about a dollar. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, like well, okay, like so I set it down. I go to the ATM machine. I pull out a twenty. I eat a three dollar transaction fee on that. Come back, grab Prowl and Thundercracker. Walk up to the guy and like, okay, just these two little things. And he goes, just take them. <laughs> so you're telling me i just paid three bucks to get two dollar toys that you were just going to give me for free that's where you're like on your way home uh man i'm hungry oh good there's a hot dog stand oh and they take cash only thank goodness i took out that 20 <laughs> uh it was all worth it in the end <laughs> You know, it's what it's just a neat little thing to find out of out of all this random stuff. Like here's this little thing from the mid eighties that somehow survived. And yeah. like it's it's one of those points where I wish the toy could talk. Because yeah. this thing has <laughs> like I, I want to know the story of how it made it this far. 
I was going to say, like, when you said it's a, the decoy was kind of just, like, grubby, I was like, think of how many generations of just, like, DNA and, like, sandboxes and stuff. Like, if you could somehow trace back, if, if the Animus from Assassin's Creed was real, and you could just, like, you could... But do it with toys. Memory. Yeah, you could, like, memory DNA backtrace into that decoy. Like, <laughs> that'd be amazing. That might be scary. It would just be a whole lot of, like, I don't know. You'd wake up and you'd just... Oh, would you wake up as the decoy, or would you wake up as the people who touched the decoy? Oh, jeez. Like Assassin's Creed, but you're a little rubber figurine in a sandbox just getting hurled around by kids. That'd be kind of scary. Uh, that's a cool find. Congratulations. Uh, not not to not to denigrate the poor Prowl, you know, who is... I mean, let's, let's be honest, that Prowl is just there to get you the Thundercracker, right? Like... Yeah, <laughs> like just to, just to fill out that dollar that I didn't have to spend, but spent three times as much. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, Prowl, sorry, but also you're not Thundercracker. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that, that's all. That's about it for me. I'm I'm still in the waiting game. All right, well, I already feel bad about it. So I also say, Aaron, congratulations on finding cool new stuff. Thanks. Even if I'm horrifically jealous of you, that's doubly worth it then. I had a feeling. Well, that uh, closes up our on topic what we got this week, which takes us into a listener question from Soundwave Superior 21, who says, hey, howdy. And how do you do Vangelis and crew? So I started doing some custom paint on some Transformers. I started with Nitro Zeus, and in my opinion, he turned out pretty great. Uh, and now I'm wondering if there's a market for custom painted Transformers and such, or should I just keep it as a personal hobby? Thanks for your time. Here's my lay of the land as far as I've seen with custom painted Transformers. Quick answer, you should probably just keep it as a personal hobby, because a lot of people are real interested to buy toys that you've painted, but a lot of people are real interested to pay the cost of the toy, uh, unless you've done a whole lot of painting on it. Uh, and even then, it seems like a lot of custom-painted Transformers, it's not a thing you can really easily make a living off of. Uh, you've got to have some, like, granted, I haven't seen what you painted, but you got to have some really striking stuff, ideally that is also handleable. That's a little quirk of our fandom. Um, and even then, like, as I've seen a lot of customs where sometimes it's the artist who's undervaluing them, but they often don't really sell for what the, t you know, the time taken to paint them would have really evened out to. So I would say, like, do it if you if you want to do it and you think you can paint a whole bunch of Transformers and sell them. Like, there's no reason not to. But, like, I would say keep keep expectations under a certain ceiling. And uh, if it's more fun for you as a hobby, I think that that's really the place to do it. If you just like painting them and you paint a whole bunch of them and you don't want to have all these Transformers around that you've painted, then, you know, for sure, go to a sh like a toy show or something or open up an eBay page and just say, hey, here's custom painted Transformers and then just see what happens. Mm -hmm. But the days of the the business custom painted transformers person i think is really as there, far as i know or sorry you're going to say I something i was going to say i think there were a couple of bad actors but i won't say names of people who did it but that were running businesses that uh i think soured a lot of people towards oh 100% yeah towards and, some of that and in in uh, in at least at least one or two of those cases, it wasn't even something done from the outset to 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 go that way. Uh, an easy thing to happen to a customizer uh, is to take on a whole bunch of commissions and then get overloaded with with work uh, mm -hmm. without really you know realizing how overloaded one is until you're in the thick of it. Um, 
Because I was just going to say off the top of my head, the only Transformers customizers I really see super active as far as selling stuff right now. Obviously, Grim Lockamus uh, is at TFCon, and he's usually got like a, a couple things, but you know, it is a couple things. It's not like you know right. tons of stuff. And Grim Lockamus is is extremely generous with with how much he sells his stuff for. And uh, Cheetamus is still selling stuff on eBay. Um, I, I mean, I'll see the auctions get shared on Twitter because they're really cool ideas. But like, that's that's not like a super easy living to make. And he's got a in his case, like he's maintaining a fairly high level of, of presentation and quality. And I watch those auctions sometimes when they're interesting ones and, you know, they'll go out of my price range, but they'll also not like, they're not going out of my price range into the thousands or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, if you break down the hours spent doing the thing, it's, it's not like super way below to... minimum wage. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not happily monetizing your hobby into a a second living kind of thing is what i would say uh and i'll also really specify i'm not a customizer Uh, i'm pretty sure aaron isn't one either so like we're we're speaking from observed experience if any customizers who are into uh the sales of stuff want to chime in in the thread or something with some more personal experiences like I, i would welcome that um i would just say like if you're if you're having fun doing it just just do it for that for now uh, and also, like, head by the thread and show us a picture of what you did, unless you did already back when you said these questions are getting very long in the tooth. We've got a huge ass backlog is what I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, and uh, like, if I if I missed you sharing it, I do apologize, but I would like to see what you do. Um, anyway, I thought that would be a quick one we could we could cover uh, and also give the shouts out uh, to active customizers. Uh, it's not just Grimlockimus and Cheetahmus. They're just like the two that jumped to my mind. Grimlockimus, especially because he's been a real pal uh, is what I'll say. Um, so I don't know. You guys, have anything else you want to throw in about customizing? Like DJ, I know you've not like customized like full on Transformers constantly, but you do a whole lot with Glios. Uh, do you feel like you'd ever be able to spin that around into? <laughs> and, you know, well, like every now and then, I see how much some Glios custom sell for, and I see how much people have like really been into what I've done. But when it comes down to it, when I've customized something, it's because it's something that means something to me yeah. you know it's there you know there's a little bit more of a a personal connection to everything i've done as far as customizing goes uh, I, I don't think i do it just for the sake of selling something off or really bring myself to sell anything i've already done yeah i also get the impression that with transformers customs that are sold like there is kind of a how do you put it there's sort of a little bit of a bit of a window in which like your molds and your concepts have all got to kind of exist in a very, I think, very limited span of time before interest sort of drops off, as far as I've seen, mm-hmm. at least. It mm-hmm. it just seems like it's a real stressful, very fast-paced um, kind of vocation of repainting fairly new molds. Um, so I would assume you don't, you know, there's not really a huge knowledge base even of, like, the best way to disassemble them going in. And then doing repaints that are using ideas that are real hot and fresh and on your mind and on other people's minds. Uh, and then like, I don't know. It, it's like, if you, if you come up with an idea and you show like a mock-up of it and then like 10 months later, you've like, all right, I did it up and I'm selling it. Like, I feel like a lot of people who would potentially have picked it up are going to have moved on by then. I don't think that's really like a great thing either, but the realism of, I guess that marketplace quote unquote feels like that's what it would be. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I'm I'm real I'm really just sort of spitballing from from observed experience here so 
hope that answers your questions somewhat and and do reach out to other customizers if you do have more questions yourself uh soundwave superior 21 uh anyway that brings us to our first big news item new today as of this recording san diego comic-con 2019 exclusive transformers bot bots have been revealed it's a 10 pack uh and i think they're all repaints uh, it's going to be 35 bucks. sorry, $34.99 at Comic-Con. Uh, it presents the Con Crew with three specialty teams, the Meet and Greets, who are celebrity-obsessed, the Energizing Fantastic Fuelers, featuring, I think, the first Prime in BotBots, Coffeemus Prime, uh, and the Line League, experts in surviving Comic-Con lines. Uh, someone in the thread immediately pointed out that there are no deodorants or soaps amidst these convention bot bots yeah Um, and and i was like that is kind of an oversight given that there are literally deodorant and soap bot bots uh already in existence but uh scribzilla botarazzi inky inkerson coffee must prime cabinate hal a pinoe something fishy that's a okay calm down um captain cartridge vigitente oh i get it and compactor uh, are all going to be there uh I don't feel like I need to chase this exclusive, but I think it's very cute and extremely suitable for people who are already at the show. Mm-hmm. Coffee was Prime is literally holy crap. I didn't look at his robot mode before. Do you see this? It's just Optimus Prime. Yeah. Yeah. That's just Optimus Prime. Yep. What's he doing in my yeah. bot bots? All right. Well, I got over that. Um, he's, he's getting people to buy the set. That's what he's doing. He looks yeah. friggin' messed up, too. Look at his eyes. It's, he's not working on himself. He had to be up at 5 a.m. to stand in this line. Oh, man. I keep getting emails from uh, Hasbro Pulse that I can reserve my spot now if I'm going to Comic-Con. Specifically for these or just for Hasbro for in general? For Hasbro in general, I'm pretty okay. sure. <laughs> if it was just specifically for these, it'd be like, look, look, calm down, okay? Uh, are you going to reserve your spot? No, I'm you... not going to Comic-Con. I mean, you can still reserve your spot. <laughs> uh, some okay, maybe this is answered in the description, but in the photograph of all of them, oh, never mind. I was going to say the only other physical item is that backpack. So do they all come in that backpack? But then I just noticed there's a a notebook and a giant pen as well. Yeah. So I guess they don't. Um, Aaron, how are you feeling about this SDCC exclusive? This is more of what I think SDCC exclusive should be relevant to the convention to the point of maybe too much self-awareness Be, being fun and goofy and not anything critical like this is a fun thing that would be a neat convention reminder for for people in the future all right the, i mean one could argue this is critical in that it's the first prime in bot bots yeah okay maybe that way, that, that way, up. the one Maybe. person that's very serious about all the Optimus Primes can have a reason to get it. But Maybe it's just me, and I've created a reason for someone to get upset. I don't know. Could be. It's probably you just seeking drama wherever you can find it. That's what I do. Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about this exclusive set? I mean, it's, it is a fun little goofball of a set, you know. Like, like I kind of agree with Aaron in that... It gets frustrating sometimes if they put out something that's really, really cool at San Diego Comic-Con and it's, you know, a fortune to get, you know, whereas this is a a fun little souvenir thing that's, you know, kind of hits home about your experience a little bit more. Like, mm. 
I I I kind of dig this a little bit. I I do like that it's kind of going into a little bit more homage territory with some of the face apps and Optimus Prime and whatever this Galactus looking guy next to the backpack is. I can't tell which one he is because there's no like straightforward alt mode shot of him, <clears throat> and I don't recognize that bot bot at a glance. I think he's an eraser. I can't remember. No, the eraser is not designed that way. No, no, never mind. I was just looking at all the pink. I, I don't know which one that is. Ah, I'm trying to figure out now because there's like a listing in the written listing. They actually say what all of the um the alt modes are. So there's a there's a backpack. There's a tent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an energy there's spicy chips. Maybe he's the, the spicy chips. Maybe he's a uh, Hal A. Pino. I don't know. Maybe I can't tell. I can't be tell. A stretch. I should also say the the name that got me confused. I thought Hal A. Pino E. Something Fishy was one big long name, and I that and uh, I I think it's it's because we got like I guess part of the Spanish listing in there. Uh, so it is Hal A. Pino and. Also, a separate bot bot called something fishy. That doesn't need to calm down. That's fine. Maybe um, they're just always together. I get. Well, they are both from the Fantastic Fuelers. Yeah. So they are part of those. The sub, those are those two team. guys that are just always together. You never see them apart. Yeah. Um, you know, also, there's a fish taco side of spicy chips. Yeah. I haven't had a fish taco in a long time. I don't think I had tacos. one in LA. Yeah, well, duck tacos aren't fish tacos. But they're both from the water. I mean, if we're... Are we, okay, are we starting to... <laughs> hold on. Are we saying ducks are fish? I mean... You can't just trail off in an ellipsis on me here. Uh, ducks could be fish, I guess. We'll see. Um, you know what? If you'll, if I agree that ducks are fish, will you agree that helicopters are not real? No. Oh, well, okay. We're going to have to leave that one alone then. Uh, they also have some extra photos from that big 16-figure pack, the Arcade Renegade Surprise, uh, where I got the impression from here it's, oh, it's just, it's going to be available on Amazon.com soon. Um, mm-hmm. along with, uh, with, um, what's her name? Searchlight? Greenlight? The green, oh, Chromia? yeah. Green, green light. Green yeah, light. green light. Uh, that's, that's shipping. If you're listening to this, it's shipping now, basically. Um, that's exciting. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, hopefully not the, the breadth of Transformers exclusives for SDCC, but that's the first one we're aware of. <clears throat> Which brings us to, uh, this is not convention news. This is just, this is I'm, I wanted to get your guys' take on this because this is this I'm still a little bit flabbergasted as to where this came from. MP48 was revealed fully colored. It's Lyo Convoy yeah. from Beast Wars Two. Uh, I, I I covered this myself a little bit in our previous episode, uh, but I want to talk to you guys about it as well because this is a very left field in the existing left field that is Beast Wars masterpiece. Uh, as well as the, I guess I would call it micro sub left field of getting all studio half eye and having uh, an entire lion head and mane turn inside out panel by panel, um, instead of just being like a swappable piece. So, 
TJ, I want to talk to you first. How, how, how are you reacting to uh, MP Lyo Convoy? Intrigue and confusion at the same time? Yeah, the confusion abates slightly when you see him standing next to Masterpiece Primal. Because then it's like, okay, because they were in that movie, I guess. Well, it's... In Japan, it's a logical progression since they introduced, you know, the con- convoys from Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I-, I guess for... I guess, like, in terms of Masterpiece, like, this is their Star Saber. Like, this is their kind of branching out into the other direction of that continuity. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I... I'm not offended by this. I'm not like up in arms. Like, where's my masterpiece trailbreaker already? You're going to waste us. You're going to waste a number on this. No, like this is a really cool idea. Is anyone really saying you're going to waste a slot on friggin' Lyo convoy? <laughs> Cause someone you know there's always someone. There's always someone who thinks the masterpiece line should prioritize G1, get all these animals out of here. I want, I want more, transforming trucks because i i know yeah. but like to be the living cartoon character who how many is this now one two three four five the sixth beast masterpiece to still be going like ah it's wasting a slot it's like you know go sit in the corner for a second like you, know, you gotta settle down uh also cra- it's crazy to me that this is the sixth masterpiece beast wars figure remember back when we were like i wonder if they're gonna do more than one mm-hmm uh, I feel no, like this that's is a just... one-off. They're not going to do that again. And then they yeah. did. And then we were times. like, oh, I, I guess they'll finish season one. And then they're like, no, we're going to do Beast Wars 2, fools. Um, Aaron, what's your uh, what's your quick takes uh, just up front when you saw this? Uh, I was absolutely amazed by the amount of inside-outedness the lion head has to do. Because it's not just... Like when I first saw it, I think the first images that I saw were just focused on the the lion face, where it went mm. from being a cartoony, quasi anthropomorphic lion face to the very hard angled face, and like in like the animation sequence that somebody had put up of it changing. It's like, see, it did that, and I was like, okay. And then later on, I was like, oh wait, it's not just the face, but the whole mane. The yeah. whole mane turns itself inside out in order to keep to the animation model. Okay, I know where like sixty percent of the complexity in this toy is going to be. Well, I mean, it's it's a com- it's like yes, and also from like the the closer you get to the robot waist down uh, or the middle of the lion back, like the less transforming there is to really do. Yeah, um, much like you know, Gorilla Primal, it's like. There's only so much the legs really have to do to transform. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Lyo Convoy, like he's his animation model still has the whole like you know his his robot legs are just the lion legs with heel spurs and more techie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much the turn inside out. It looks like it. The toy might actually have a little bit more work than that, just to tuck parts a little bit more maybe oh yeah like the the red bit on the knee i think yeah. is, is there's there's some kind of folded thing on the lion rear knee yeah so um, i mean there, there's there's definitely extra work that's going in there but i i think it would be very easy to just play that main one way or the other and hopefully people would be fine with that the big question well, will be will the main stand all the way out and do the the spinning gimmick that the toy did 
Because if it doesn't do that, then what's the point? Yeah, a bunch of friggin' like what where's the fan service if it doesn't do that? Am I right? Yeah. Uh here's my question. Here's my quick question for you guys. How do you how do you guys feel about the rear view when you see what happens with the front lion legs? Cause they are just chillin' attached to the back of his forearms. Isn't that also what the toy did? That's exactly what the toy did. It is exactly what the toy yeah. did. I'm assuming it's what the animation model did to some degree. Uh, I also think it looks it looks like basically the biggest problem I have with the figure. But how do you guys feel about? It? Do you get? Do you guys think it's fine? Do you kind of? Do you kind of wish it maybe? I don't know. Somehow compacted a bit more. Well, it looks like there's also something that comes out from the lion paws. It's like a bladey yeah, thing. Like a bladey thing. Yeah, he had like blade and, tantas. And yeah, yeah, I mean, if it comes back around to that was part. So I've, I will openly admit i have not watched the uh beast wars 2 or neo or whichever whichever yeah. one was whichever well, way beast wars 2 and beast wars neo were all both really hard to watch because they were never like it took them forever to put it on like good quality dvd yeah and it was super expensive so no one like fan subbed it or anything and and also it's a very slow show is my understanding so so, I mean, it very well could be that that's a thing that he actually uses, and so you can't just have those disappear because that's a part of what it it's supposed to do. Yeah, I just, my my big question is functionally, when I'm posing the toy, are those things going to be clattering around, or are they going to secure? I don't secure... think so, because it comes off of the back of the f- forearm. Yeah. So, I, like, yeah, like... In, in, unless you have him, like, thumb rotated outwards... Or like forearm rotated outwards if the articulation of the toy will even let you do that would probably be about the only time that it would like come into conflict from yeah, where it's coming like, and I've you know that this wrist articulation is happening at the wrist and it's not like a human body where you've got radius and ulna going around each other so the back of his arm is going to be out the back of his elbow all the time yeah like I've got the original one like I've never had an issue with those just playing with the original. I assume the masterpiece is going to do a better job than that. Here's where I also admit I have never owned Lyo Convoy. It is in fact the only uh, Japanese Beast Wars figure I think I've never owned. Do we need to get you one of those here in a couple of weeks? I mean, like, you, I you, missed... you keep you keep talking about these holes in your toy collecting. I I missed the period when there were like plentiful Lyo Convoys from original Hasbro toy shop floating around, like for forty bucks or whatever. Because yeah. back then they didn't ship to Canada and it was not an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then those bot cons, I was buying Brave Toys, I believe, uh, which I think was the better choice, to be honest. But <clears throat> I ended up getting like I got Robot Masters Lyo Convoy, but it's been a million years since I handled the thing. So I don't remember it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think I think the thing looks looks pretty cool. Um, the, the jutting stuff off the arms, uh, it's just really when it was pointed out to me, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> I thought his arms just were those arms. <laughs> uh but yeah, like you can see like uh, you know, you can see copious ratchets in the elbows. I am assuming everything will be nice and clickety and solid uh, as the beast masterpieces have tended to be. Hopefully the ratchets will not need extra lubrication on this this run because that's always been a bit of a bummer. Um but being that we're all in North America, our little bit of privilege is we tend to find out about that from people who got the toys while ours were shipping, even if we got them really early. Uh, 
And I don't think there's any information about dates or prices on Lyo Convoy yet. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. How much Masterpiece news have we had? And should we stop saying I'm sure it's the last time we're going to get Masterpiece news this year? I, I wouldn't do that. There's still six months to this year. Yeah. More stuff can happen. We still have to find out what the next 18 Masterpiece toys are next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh this is the topic that goes around with this. I've I've said my piece on this a million times, I think. But, like, uh, how do you guys feel about the current prolificness of Masterpiece? Like, there is just so much of it. There is more than two or three of them coming out a year now. And they are all operating, for the most part, at a fairly hardcore level of complexity. There are not really any... Um, how do you put this? There aren't really any like kind of. Oh, here's the here's the the quick simple one we could get out there. That's like you know, that's the easy one you can pick up. Like they're all event figures, uh, and we're getting like quite a few of them every year. Uh, how do you guys react to that? I guess is what I would ask. I've kind of fallen behind Masterpiece because they put out so many things, and I used to like, oh well, yeah, like we get two, maybe three a year, and I can pick up every single one have a nice collection of them mm-hmm. and now it's just like bang 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 i've like i've I, I had to skip on beast wars megatron uh god i've had to skip on multiple reissues of ultra magnus just because like I, my budget can't handle this many like mm-hmm. i had to be very picky and choosy with my masterpiece now and uh aaron how about you like how are you reacting to the uh the, the current i guess like wealth of masterpiece coming out i am nodding along it's definitely something that's got to be more reasoned in what you go for um you know you mean like on the consumer side on on the consumer side i think it's great that they're offering up you know what's your era almost and we're doing stuff for it and that's cool but at like at the same time you know i'd I very much enjoy all the Masterpiece stuff, but there's no way, like, maybe if I just quit any other collecting, I could go for all the Masterpieces. Um, so, yeah, like, there, there's there's definitely a point where you kind of got to pick your, your battles and, and go from there. Because I, I still just see it as a positive that Masterpiece Transformers are like a main line now where mm-hmm. you know you, you've you've got lots of choice you can you you now instead of going like oh do i want to pick up the masterpiece that's out right now it's like which masterpiece do i like and uh i said this i said this last episode but like the other thing i've noticed is like masterpiece toys also don't disappear really anymore mm-hmm. um even these really expensive ones like i i you know, my my case example is that uh chromed toy head sculpts mp36 I have a Mandarake alert for it. It shows up constantly on Mandarake for 20k yen or less. Um, Delta Magnus has been stinking up Japanese secondary market for, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I just don't... I, I think that, like, the the problem is for those who do want to pick these up as they come out when they're new. That is very, you know, increasingly difficult to do. And I sympathize that it's probably the most fun to pick up a high ticket item like this when everyone's talking about it and it's brand new obviously but i feel like if you do also really like the figure and want to hold on to it the timing should not matter as much uh and 
if the timing doesn't matter as much, I think these are still, you know, fairly attainable, uh, just not like at a rapid fire consumption pace. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I just, I see them on the aftermarket all the time. Some of them will disappear for a month or two, but they always come back. Uh, they're, they're always floating around. Uh, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like the negative is you can't keep pace with the releases, but then I ask the question, is that something that we are owed? Uh, and I, I don't really have an answer for that, but I was, I feel the same way about mainlines too. Like how many of us, I'm, I'm guilty of this, obviously like, oh, I see the whole of wave two. I'll pick up the whole of wave two. And it's like, you know, I, am I actually owed the ability to buy the toys as they come out? Or is that just something I like to do? And with masterpiece, I feel the same way. Like, it's nice to keep up with them when everyone's still getting them. But like waiting on masterpiece toys is like only a positive because you also get to find out if anything's wrong with them, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's this. It's it's an ongoing topic. I think it's actually quelled quite a bit of late, um, but it was on my mind when I, you know, an entire convoy in masterpiece just popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> we got another one. I was up as live convoy. And also it goes without saying, uh, I'll repeat myself from the last recording, too, but, like, Lyo Convoy is a Beast Wars masterpiece where we definitely don't have to sit here wondering how they're going to do redecos. Mm-hmm. That that boy got redecoed a whole bunch already. Uh, they got plenty of choices. Um, oh, did you guys see he comes with Artemis? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that a redeco might come with Moon? That's been Probably. my train of thought lately. But Moon actually transformed, so that's going to be a more complicated piece. Uh, for sure. That's why you sure. toss it with the repaint. You've already got the engineering money paid for in the first one. Yeah. This is true. And, and I mean, like, Flash Lyo Convoy and Galva Lyo Convoy are both, I think, like, front and center as possible redecos they'll probably do. Actually, Galva Lyo Convoy more so, I think. Did they, did they, do, did they do Burning Convoy? Uh, that was the, the masterpiece one. mold. Uh, the oh, oh they I did know not... from the masterpiece mold. Yeah, they they have not. Um... Oh I, god, see, uh, <laughs> I can imagine them. Yeah, here's the thing: they would do Galva convoy with Moon, and then they two pack Burning and and Shining. Uh, yeah, I just the, the oh god was I suddenly saw the two pack in my mind, and I was like, well, that's gonna be something I look at. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think because I, I think Galvalio convoy with Moon. Uh, is a possibility. Um, if a moon is going to exist to me, that feels like that's the venue to mm-hmm. do it in. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on Lyo Convoy? Uh, or anything? Was anything else revealed at that show? I can't. I don't think. It was, I think that was the main one. This Tokyo Toy Show. Uh, I don't recall anything. I think else. that's it. Yeah, they just had a bunch of other stuff on display that's not quite out yet. Um, they had like those magazine scans with some more photos of Omega Supreme. But uh, we've talked about Omega Supreme a whole lot. We're just what well, we're we're now that we're hitting the summer, we're just waiting for all those high ticket siege items to come out, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jetfire and Omega Supreme. We're just like twiddling thumbs here. I'm, um, I'm managing not to put them on pre order, even though I know that I very much want them because I want somebody else to pre order them first and say they're not garbage, so that then I can buy them. So Jetfire went on pre order on Amazon Canada, and for I'm just going to double check the price, but like usually on Amazon Canada uh, stuff is, you know, the same price as elsewhere. But like what's Jetfire's MSRP again? What was that commander class? Like 80? Yeah. I want to say, let me. 
I think it's 80, 89.99. It's like 90 US? Yeah. So on Amazon Canada, Jetfire's pre-order popped up for like a day for 90 Canadian. Huh. It was like, it was on sale. Yeah, so, 79.99 on Hasbro Pulse. Okay. Yeah, I got I got in a Jetfire pre-order on Amazon Canada for 89.97 Canadian. That's not bad. Is uh, in U.S. dollars 68.29 U.S. Yeah. dollars. Why don't you hook me up, man? Come on, I thought we were cool. Because I went to I, I just threw the pre-order in and forgot about it, and then when I was talking about Omega Supreme the other day, I was like, oh, I should go check and see if that pre-order is still there. Uh, he's still on pre-order, but now he's 116.11 Canadian um, for pre-order. It's not with, nearly with as free good. shipping. Nah, that's not as that's not as good. Don't pre-order him for that. Uh, no, I snuck in, and I think I think that they maybe put him onto twenty five percent off or something without meaning to. So I I I pulled it off. I snuck in a sale on Siege, uh, post wave one. Anyway, uh, if we don't have anything else to say about Lyo Convoy or Tokyo Toy Show, that brings us to another listener question, uh, and this one comes from External Prime. Uh, who says, hey, Evangelist and company, I've always been a big fan of TJ Evangelist and other reviewers and have been aware of your efforts for a while, but only recently joined the TFW boards and have felt amazing joining. I understand you'll have a lot of questions to go through, so I'll try to keep the heavier ones on the back burner, but to restate a question I've already asked Evangelist, and I believe he did ask me this in a PM or a DM somewhere, and I I talked to him about it, and then this came in as a listener question afterwards. Uh, what are your current three favorite third-party companies at the moment, and why? Uh, that's question number one. So... Uh, Aaron, can you bang off three third-party companies right three now? Three third-party companies? No. The, the one that always comes straight to mind is Iron Factory. That's, because, your, that's your bag? Because they they make good things in a cheap price point that are fun to play with. You that's, should That's look about into, where my, my income goes right now. You should look into New Age now that New Age is picking up speed. They did that really cool Bumblebee at TFCon last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've suddenly got a uh, Fair Lady Z and uh, Cosmos out and a Jazz out, I think, as well. Like they just suddenly, they suddenly just started doing stuff. Okay. Uh, and I've heard that they're pretty good, and they're they're keeping it on the lower price end as opposed to Magic Square. Um, TJ, what about you? Like, uh, doesn't have to be three, but uh, third party companies and why? Yeah, uh, and well, New Age came to mind. Yeah, because yeah, because I really do dig Flipper, that little bumblebee. Yeah. And I've heard nothing but good things about their uh about their other releases that are out right now. I'm eyeballing them as we speak, literally. Uh mm. they are tempting. So those I've heard really good things. Uh I'm curious about trying more. Mastermind comes to mind because you know, I, I still love my tarn and I, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to get around to picking up nickel. Yeah. That nickel uh nickel and I always forget his name. It's not Dominus. Is it Dominus Ambus? Oh, yeah. it's Dominus Ambus. Yeah. Uh, Nickel and Dominus came out, uh, I think, just the other day. They shipped and people have been getting them. Mm. So she's she's out and about now. But yeah, you, you like, you know, if, if, if this guy knows me, then he knows uh, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say third party. But like, I, I like those two companies have done me well so far. Yeah. And yeah, like you guys have named like, you know, I, I, I hate doing ranked lists, but like if I was going to say three companies, those would be three of the ones I'd say like I, Iron Factory. I've actually fallen behind on Iron Factory a bit because they, you know, much like official masterpiece, they suddenly put out a friggin buttload of releases all at once in the span of a couple months. And I completely lost track of what was out. Um, so I, I got to do some catch up sometime. 
Uh, but them and Magic and uh, Magic Square, Magic Square is actually my favorite pocket scale uh, company right now. But them, Magic Square, and New Age are all doing really good work that I don't think really cancels the other one out. They're all completely valid for other you know various reasons. And uh, you know I love Mastermind Creations um, reformatted particularly. That stuff is thuddy and good. Uh, and Ocular Max has gotten way better as of uh, that RC. Um, just talked to, to Graham the other day on here about uh, their Springer, and that figure sounds like it turned out pretty well aside from a couple little niggling things, but nothing critical. Uh, it's all just like two little moving parts are kind of stiff, and there's like an add-on to hook in the accessories, but otherwise, I think Ocular Max picked it up, and I'm glad. And, uh, and X-Transbots has as well. Like they Considering their reputation, uh, I think they've really picked up the ball, and they're aware that they had to. Um, and then, I don't know, give me a list of all the third-party companies. I'll tell you why I think that they all are good or bad. Don't send in that listener question right now, though. We have too many uh, to get through before then. Um, the other question, or the second question external had uh, for you guys was, what do you guys think of a tabletop RPG involving the Transformers brand? Um, Aaron, you're all yeah, into that tabletop. Um, I think it could be interesting. Like more so, it I think it's the system that you have versus necessarily the property because there are some good systems to play. There are some not so good systems to play. There are some kind of bad systems to play. Mm. And if you've got a robust system, then it's pretty easy to kind of slot a thing into. Um, the biggest issue for something like a Transformers tabletop role-playing game would be how you deal with transformations and how you make that be a thing. I think that even, like, you could do a lot of good mechanical work for that, but I think for Transformers especially, you gotta have players who are into telling a good story, and you gotta have a DM who's, or a GM who's really into telling a good story, because... Mode shift. I mean, I think you need that anyway. I'm not saying this is a, tra- a Transformers only thing, but I feel like people who can't kind of, I guess, control themselves yeah. could get really carried away with yeah. mode shifting. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like, the best times that I've had in tabletop role playing games, you could almost do it systemless. Oh, yeah. There's so. a couple systems actually I really like the sound of, and I'd love to play them sometime. Like Lasers and Feelings was one, mm-hmm. and Fiasco's another one, and those are those are almost straight up just like storytelling as a group yeah. as opposed to an actual game. Um, but I love the idea of them. Yeah. Um, DJ, uh, how about you? Would you? What do you think of a, a tabletop RPG for Transformers? I mean. Having bought miniatures recently to practice painting on, I don't envy the idea of having to buy twice as many <laughs> just to just to cover all my mode shifting. Imagine imagine how expensive six shots set would be. I mean, here's the thing though. Go talk to a DM who's had to buy enough skeletons to have skeletons for all the skeletons in the dungeon. Okay, and then okay, you... okay yes. <laughs> well eventually eventually you just buy tokens. Like, okay, that's a skeleton. Yep. I have a whole lot of cardboard circles. Hmm. Yeah, but if you're a hardcore, if you're a hardcore uh, DM in that case, oh yeah, you've got like 100 the... mat- meticulously painted skeletons all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you got your little miniature dungeon walls from Dwarven Forge. You got all these little light up sections. And yeah, you spent thousands of dollars to set one battle. That's if you really love the system, man. It's if you really love the game, but. uh... 
I think it would be weird, but not impossible for Transformers to get hooked up with a miniatures company as like a license deal. Because obviously they wouldn't be transforming. It would completely fit well, in I mean, with... I mean, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, Wizard of the Coast, Hasbro. Like mm-hmm. the lines there. Yeah. And um, it's not transforming stuff. It would work as as quote unquote licensed third. I mean, this is like licensed. <laughs> this is licensed under Hasbro. I'm not going to say licensed second party like I was about to say. Because I'm not going <laughs> to feed into that nonsense garbage system. But... um. Hey, have you all heard about fourth-party toys? <laughs> you haven't? You have, have, you, have you guys not heard about fourth-party toys? I'm just glaring. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> so you have heard about fourth-party toys. Hmm. Okay. No, like, I think, it could, I think it could work. I mean, just the transformation functions themselves do offer up some, some interesting gameplay that would be unique in a tabletop setting mm-hmm. i i mean like i think it would be great if you do actually need to roll against a stat when you transform i think that would be a fantastic balancer because it's a whole thing right that your your, your cog wears out or something well you... you could well well enemies would have nullifiers that work like paralysis and dungeons and dragons or I stun d- i just think it would also be great if like when you transform it's like you know this is you know whatever the stat is, but it would be like you have to make a, dex- a basic dexterity test to actually shift forms, and if you roll, like, a one, it's like, all right, you got so excited to transform, your parts got crisscrossed, you just fell over, and you're all twisted up, you need to spend a turn untangling yourself yeah, but from you, yourself. Yeah, you but you never see that in Transformers unless something's happened to them. Well, no, no, I mean, like, in this case, right, ideally, your, your Dungeoneers are not, like, literally the Transformers from TV, they're the other ones. They're the ones who yeah, are off screen. Yeah, but if you're playing an RP, if you're playing a tabletop RPG, you're kind of superheroes in that world. You know, you want to be the adventuring type. I know, that but isn't I... tripping over his own, you know, back wheels. My experience with some some pretty good GMs is that they they make a good thing out of making you have to do that little extra bit of work. <laughs> but like, I think it'd be an interesting balance. Like, okay, well, you can transform you can transform into your jet mode. Uh, your movement speed goes up, but you have less attack options. Things like you know, things like that. Yeah, Bal- you know, balance systems. I'd like it actually if 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 you take to the sky like that, or if you turn into a spaceship and go into orbit, you also have to like do checks against like, you know, you're switching between atmospheres or stuff like that. Uh, or <laughs> yeah, strength check against wind shear. Yeah, or like figure out the transformers equivalent of like having a blackout or a redout. You know, like I don't know, I just I want systems in there for like for the for the guys who who maybe think they're Optimus Prime but aren't. Okay, you've gone up to thirty thousand feet. Your character's prone now and <laughs> <Yeah>. falling. Because <laughs> I mean they'll survive it. They're Cybertronian, but it's like, you know, if 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 you get some hotshot who's like, I'm just gonna chase after I'm I'm gonna head up to space and, and chase after their ship. It's like, all right, you turn into an F fifteen. I'm gonna go into space. <laughs> Well, I mean, you do have to have you have to have limits like that. Like, yeah. Okay, like like you don't want someone just like leaving the battlefield vertically. Well, I mean, that's that's the risk reward, right? Like you you make people have to do all these checks so that like they could fail, but also then if they want to do something ridiculous like fly into space as a as an Earth aircraft, uh, if they roll enough twenties in a row. You know, you're like, all right, I guess okay. you you at you somehow picked the correct angle <laughs> yeah. to break through the atmosphere as an F-15. And... Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. 
Okay, Dave, you've rolled six nat 20s in a row, so I will let you grab the Hubble's telescope and use it as a club. <laughs> is that speaking from personal experience? <laughs> if if the if the the GM is real cool, they'll let you try and they'll and they'll make it fun if you, if it happens, but they'll also make it fun for someone if it doesn't happen. Generally it's the GM themselves. <laughs> you want to do what? That's super <laughs> dumb. Go ahead and roll dice for it. Yeah. That's why my my favorite GMs have been able to make it fun for themselves when I screw up like that, but also still make it fun for me. They're like, don't worry, you're not dead yet, but here's what happens. <laughs> uh, anyway, last question. This is a real banger. Here, TJ, answer this one. What would you rather choose to see? Bumblebee movie or Lego movie 2? Uh, I didn't... Actually, no. Lego movie 2 because I haven't seen it yet. That's actually my answer as well. I still haven't seen Lego Movie 2. Uh, the question does say at the time of, of being sent in, no spoilers on Lego Movie 2 because the uh, external prime hasn't seen it, but hopefully has by the time this reaches the airwaves. Uh, I still haven't seen Lego Movie 2 either, so I'd probably pick that one so I could say I've seen it. And I own Bumblebee, so I, I, I can see it whenever I want. Aaron, uh, which one would you pick? Bumblebee. I've Have seen, seen Lego, Lego Movie 2. Oh, jeez. What is that? Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, no. I guess I'll see it on Netflix when it's on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's not a bad Netflix watch or or other methods of watching okay. movies, but I don't know if I would do anything that cost more than free. Wow. wow, holy crap. Okay. This is coming from the Lego guy. This is from our resident A-fall. Yep. I don't that doesn't sound like an indictment of the film. It just sounds like a capital I indictment of the capital F film, if it's, that makes any sense. It sounds like a parent who's disappointed in their kid. It's uh it I'm not angry at you. I'm yeah, just I'll, disappointed. Uh, my my short review would be it feels like for the second movie they forgot a bunch of what made the first movie good. Do you uh granted, like I'm this is getting real vague because we've not seen it. But do you think doing the Batman and Ninjago movies maybe set them onto a sloppy path for this uh, one? I I don't know. So they actually, as a joke, call out the Batman movie at one point in time. Eh. Like Batman, like at the beginning of the movie, stuff happens and Batman's not there. And he's like, oh, he's off doing his own movie. And then, that's cute. And then the rest of the movie happens and things happen. And like, uh, I mean... It, and then the Ninjago movie doesn't even get the call out, which I guess says a whole lot about the Ninjago movie. Mm-hmm. I heard that the Ninjago movie was like, it's not even bad. It just feels like they did one of these, but they put Ninjago models in. And I was like, man, I don't even know how I feel about that comment. Cause I'm like, that's inherently negative, but I liked what they did that first time. But oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patterns. Uh, I, I didn't want to see this stuff turn into patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope that answered your questions. External Prime, we got one more uh, listener question here from Badlander86. This is relevant, actually, to some news that, that happened since this was sent in, but I'll, I'll sort of break this down a bit. Um, the gist of it was how we keep talking about having um, video instructions done. And, uh, sorry, I'm hearing a noise behind me. I think it's a water pipe. You know when water pipes start going... You know that that wonderful noise? Uh, one of the ones in the wall behind my bed has been doing that lately, and I think it's doing it right now. Cool. I think I think the neighbors have been screwing with their hot water setup because uh, it it's just it sounds like something's dying, but it's made of pipes. 
Oh, there's that other tone. Now that's going. Oh, it's a switch tones. Anyway, I don't know if the mic's picking any of that up, so I wanted to share that because it's very distracting. I'm going to put the other headphone in. Uh, anyway, the question was, um, we wanted to see videos, uh, of instructions, uh, and YouTube and social media is available, and it would be cool if, uh, Hasbro invested time into polished video instructions, and in, uh, Badlander's example is akin to what Games Workshop have done with, uh, quote, painting God, Duncan Rhodes, blessed be thy name. Blessed be Uh, his name. Blessed be thy name. Uh, Games Workshop was notorious for being bad at its consumer outreach, but they've improved their social media presence in many positive aspects, with Duncan being uh, more of the likable face of the company instead of a dour space marine. Uh, I'll just cut in there to say, as far as I understand, a lot of that came from a big CEO changeover at Games Workshop, Mm -hmm. where they realized that they have to live in the 21st century, (laughs) is how I would put it. Uh, and stop acting as though the business works like it did in 1995. Um, and he, uh, Badlander points out in Japan, Bandai's Gunpla line has Meijin Kawaguchi dedicating an entire series to Gunpla videos that's fairly well done. Um, so the, the gist of the question is, it's not so much should they make video instructions, because we've already said yes, and then it turns out they did. But do you think it would be cool, or is it time for Hasbro to do something similar? Um, granted, this kind of stuff's covered by you know, online personalities, YouTube creators, and etc. Um, but it would be cool to see something uh, with, like, a face to it come out of Hasbro themselves. Um, so do you think it would be possible for Hasbro or Takara to maybe dabble into this and give Transformers uh, as a community a more likable media face like Duncan or Master Kawaguchi? Uh, of course, quote, this also runs the risk of the toy guru backlash, like how the He-Man people vilified Scott Neatlick. Uh, Nightlick, sorry. Uh, his name is spelt like it's German, and then he told me it's not pronounced German. That still bugs me, and it's been like five years. Um, did Scott deserve all the hate? Editorializing, maybe. Uh, probably not, but <laughs> therein lies the unfortunate flip side of having a social media presence. Hope this gives you guys food for thought. Stay safe, watch Avengers, put money in Liverpool, and keep on trucking. Yeah, editorializing. I think Scott, uh, at a certain point, was in a position where... I think things could have been said, and perhaps the nature of American corporations meant he couldn't say them, but I I do not feel like he is blameless in the Toy Guru saga uh, from my brief interactions and spectations of that whole thing. But my suspicion is that the nature of American corporations, we talked about this a bit because that that Hound video from Masterpiece Hound came out, and I think Takara were kind of getting into this whole thing because they had one of the members of the team on there, and it was a real personable video in tone. I I hope someone subtitles it so we can find out what was said in it, but the Mm -hmm. tone of that video was fantastic, and I think the nature of American corporations and shareholder needs and the clearly curated way that the Transformers team is starting to appear over the last few years, but still in a very curated manner in videos, I don't think it's possible to have a face, like a, a humanized face that that we feel like we can actually directly interact with. I think that the design team appearing in curated videos and talking to people at industry events like Toy Fair is probably the closest we're going to get. And I think it is just the nature of American companies that have that much money behind them. Um, anything said by people work for, working for those companies is being scrutinized by a lot more people than just the people who own those companies uh, is my 
hypothesis. But Aaron, uh, what's your take on this? Do you think I'm on 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 the track here, or do you have any any other insights? Um, truth be told, the way that we got them with just a person doing it is probably the safest way, corporate wise, for any of that to happen. Um, like maybe you could have a John Barber doing it but he's an important guy to be going through and showing transformation and and walking through whole videos for all the other stuff that he does. They're not John Barber. John Barber. John Barber. No, that's IDW. IDW. Um yeah. why am I pulling a blank on his name? Yeah, it just vacated my head too. That's really weird. I'm going to go look it up. Continue on. <laughs> But John Warden. John, John Warden. Warden. That's who it is. Yeah. It's what he gets for having the same name John as somebody else that's in charge of something Transformers John. Yeah, John Shork. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's actually a friend of mine on Facebook, so I remember that one. Um, <laughs> John Warden didn't answer my Facebook friend request. So uh, I, I think that would be a very difficult thing for a somebody at that level to do. I mean, it's one thing to like have media appointments and talk to somebody about things uh, of that nature because it's not terribly time intensive, but having that level of somebody going through and, excuse me, and, and walking through every toy could be a very long, uh, a very long process that just doesn't have the payback for it. So then you'd have to go and, find a media person to do that to that be their job and that's probably something especially since there's a lot of existing people that do it for free basically to get someone convinced for we don't necessarily need a transformers brand hype man it's doing a pretty good job by itself well that's that's the the position though that i think the question is really asking about is like the i guess community manager in a way Mm -hmm. um and and that you know Mattel did try it for years with Scott Knightlick, and then he went on to work at uh, Jax, and they mm-hmm. tried to get that train going there. Um, I think that the nature of Jax product made that train kind of just have to halt eventually because yeah. there's not much to say about a lot of what they make. But um, yeah, because then that's also the the issue of like what happens when that guy decides he doesn't want to be around anymore and instead goes over to like DC Toys or something and. You could have potential weird brand confusion. Well, that's the thing, right? Like when you see really good um, community growth people, um, they like some of the best ones in the business can create a community uh, out of sheer positivity and then take a leave of that community to go do it elsewhere. And it's not like they're they and then the people who are in that community, they're happy and they want to follow what that person was doing, but they don't feel like they have to abandon the one that they're in, if that makes any sense. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the kind of thing that I think works in a lot of scenarios, except for large corporations. Uh, and I think that unfortunately that's always going to hold back the level of internal knowledge and humanized contact we have with people working on transformers in, in the Hasbro side. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not a new thing to hear interview pieces that go real in depth from people on the Takara Tomy end. Uh, this video, I think, was just like the first time I've seen the video version of that really coalesce, and it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I, I and I do somewhat mean this as an indictment of the corporate setup that we've got going on over in North America, or I guess mostly in America down there. 
Uh, I think it, it really sucks that like you have to so heavily curate a person from the brand speaking about the brand down to the wordage they use because otherwise shareholders will will take issue mm-hmm. and and their word is eventually the law because they are the shareholder. It's uh it's a lousy state of affairs for something that has more and more um smartly creative people who have a lot to share about the process and simply can't. Mm-hmm. Uh and they and to the point where they can't even tell you they can't mm-hmm. because that would be too negative. Um, and I, I think it sucks. Uh, I hope we can figure out a way to change it, but uh, I think it's not. I think the last place it's going to change is going to be the Hasbro's and the Mattels and those very large companies. Uh, smaller companies are actively not doing that in a lot of ways, uh, and I'm always excited about that. But unfortunately, I ended up really loving Transformers, <laughs> and uh, it, it's a little bit on the English side. It's a little bit trapped. Uh, within the corporate structure um i think but uh, this again like i said way earlier on to me uh, from me at least this is all observed experience i've never been in a corporation so I'm, i might be completely wrong about a lot of this um but tj uh do you feel like there would be a place for like the transformers community guy uh that would you know like like the the TCG for instance has their community fellow who runs all their social media and actually interacts with fans of that thing on a certain degree do you think transformers could survive doing that like having like a twitter handle that actually replies to people now and then i mean we had it it was it was a guy named orson who wasn't actually named orson well we yeah and, and this this is the sad answer where it's like we we had a version of that and we know why it ended, and it was for yeah. the corporate X Y Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. Though granted, though granted, this wouldn't be like insider leak anything. This is just to help out the fandom and try to be a little bit more supportive. And for yeah. that, yeah, like uh, depending on how it's presented, I could absolutely see that working. So I feel like when you are this big corporate entity, anything that lets you get out there and make and lets people see, oh, well, this is just a guy who's enjoying goofing with this transformer. Mm-hmm. Like I like if you present it right and if it's a likable person you put in front of a camera to do that, then, yeah, like I could I could see a space for that. And uh, and I, I would be remiss to, to leave out that Hasbro Pulse, uh, those blog updates they do showing sketches and whatnot, I think that is a version of this that they are able to do since it's a blog post. Uh, I think they're still too infrequent to have the effect that, that we're looking for, but they are definitely another version of this along with those designer desk videos. And they're all good, positive, valuable things just that they're also doubly indicative of the limitations that a Hasbro person is under, uh, I feel. Um, and are, are we owed this? Absolutely not. But I think that the medium of these these toys that we all like will be for the better once we're able to more transparently interact with the people who work on them. Um to learn more about, you know, the whys of why we like them. I think it's just, that's how you end up taking a thing from being, uh, we all like it because we like it, into being, uh, we like it because of these identified, you know, parts of the process and how they resonate with us as individuals. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's going to happen. 
eventually. It might not it might, might not be with Transformers, but you know, the toy industry outside of the big toy industry, the, the smaller companies and the indies and stuff, it's all in my opinion moving towards this more personable uh scenario uh where you you just, you know, people know how the the sausage is made and it turns out that's not a bad thing. Uh anyway, I'll I'll end my little ramble about it there, but uh, do you guys have anything else you want to throw in about this question? Um, Aaron, do you want to see more sausage? I mean, it's always fun seeing how some of that stuff works, but um, I, I think that we're in a decent place with like what we're getting out of Hasbro frequently. Like they've they've definitely starting to open up, and I'm afraid it's like the one concern is that they're gonna. Be like, oh, they like a small drink out of this faucet. Here's the fire hose. Oh, why are they hating all of this? Uh, um, I guess we just won't do anything. I, I I know where you're coming from, but I think what I would say is we're not even at the small drink out of a faucet yet. It's like we're getting given a bottle of water every four months. Hey, okay. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was be if I had a critique on it, because as much as I love it, my one critique is it is so infrequent and Anything we see, there's there's always this sense of like, well, is this the only one? Like, for example, those video instructions. Yeah. Like, I'm I am completely prepared for it to be that they did really nice video instructions for wave three of siege that one time. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> there's there's no I have no confidence in the in the regularity or the permanence of any of this stuff yet. Designer desk has been the closest, and even that has kind of dialed back since age of extinction when it was i think really really pushing it Mm -hmm. um so i i think i think that is a valid a valid qualm and i think it's definitely you know what's going through minds on the hasbro end if it's going through minds there at all but Mm uh proportionally we're not even at the the drink of water yet so we're (laughs) i think i think it's still safe it's still safe to really do a lot of outreach We, we haven't hit any kind of saturation quite yet in my opinion um Anyway, yeah, I hope that answers your question, uh, Badlander86. Let's head into a little bit of off-topic what we got this week. I literally got something today. Look at me. I'm fancy. But before I do that, TJ, did you get anything off-topic that you like to talk about? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Hey, yeah. So, uh, I'm... I try, not, I try not to gush on Goliath, but I have two reasons to, and you already mentioned it, so it's not my fault. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I neglected to mention last episode that we were together for. Uh, so a Glios company put out a whole bunch of stuff in Devastator colors. Mm-hmm. And aside from just hitting my nostalgia very well, the thing about Glios is the parts it came with and the effectiveness of the system. Uh, I do have an entire Constructicon built just from Glios, transformable and everything. Yeah, uh, I had my mic off for a sec because we had a well-timed siren, but I really need to say, like, this is not just a Glyos figure that we're talking about. It is TJ Got. It was, um, who, who's, whose release was it? Was it Biomasters? It, it was Biomasters with a the smattering of Roboforce parts thrown in. Yeah, and it, and it was like this package of, of components that were all in Constructicon colors, which in and of itself is very cool. Um, but TJ, you, you basically did... The next step in the like when I first got into Glios, I made a guy with a big backpack who could turn into a four wheeled thing because the wheels were new and that was the closest I got. And you basically pulled off a much more um, Transformers proportioned looking uh, robot. What could also just turn into a thing 
Yeah, I refuse to take it apart. It's yeah, it's, it's a lot of trial and error to get a working transformer out of all those little bits. Even for the little one that I did, like I, I to this day, I think I've never taken it apart because I was like, I don't remember. I'm not going to remember the specific angles that made this work if I yeah. take this apart. Yeah. It's like even if I had another idea to build something, it's like I would probably never be able to replicate this. Or at least like you'd need to have a stock of the of like you'd know you'd have a stock of the same parts next to you and like stare at this one and hand reassemble it. And then you're like, OK, like that that's the closest I got. I think I like I made my wheeled guy again once when I wanted the colors back because it was like that mono gray colorway from 2010, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, I, I fully hear you, and it is super impressive. Um, if you can remember to, because I'll probably forget, uh, you should you should put some pictures of it in the thread once the thread goes up. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably remember to do that. But probably. yeah, like that thing, um, it's been a bit since I saw it. If I remember right, it was, did you, like, what was the vehicle mode you went for? Was it a... Uh... Uh, well, it was, uh, well, I, I modeled it on Mixmaster. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, yeah, so it's got the big uh, drum in the back. No, it transforms nothing like Mixmaster. That's what I figured out. Like as simple as those G1 transformations are, uh, there's not a lot when you're working with nothing but swivels. The way Glios works, yeah, you can't really replicate some of that stuff. So it's 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 kind of interesting to create like a full working transformer from the ground up. Because like aside from just you know it's a neat accomplishment, it's also something that tells you this is really impressive that people do this so many times yeah that like there's there's an entire company built on these things working the way they do and like that is now even more impressive to me and i mean like like i think that what really helps this be reasonable is not so much just the axis joints but also the swing joints like the full-on 90 degree hinges mm -hmm. um because when i did it the one time on a much smaller scale it was just axis joints and what made it even harder was every nothing was moving perpendicular. Everything had to move at those 45 degree axis angles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'd have to like double swivel the base of the axis joint to get a 90 degree to have it. It was a nightmare. Uh, the, <laughs> the, like the, <laughs> the existence of, of, of swing joints, I think is, is, is hugely beneficial to this kind of thing. I'm just like, I found the picture. So I'm looking at it again. Um, was it, was it hard to get like the four wheels to actually sit, level because i remember that was a big problem for mine uh yeah uh there's a lot the legs in particular there's a lot of little parts that got swapped around until i found something that actually created the angle that was correct yeah and admittedly the front of the vehicle was not supposed to come out the way it did <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's the angle everything went flush with so okay i'll build around that and make it look like i intended to do it yeah that uh, back when the vinyl um, builds, you know, the vinyl build stuff, like those, all those triangles with the little pillars that could connect them. Yeah. Uh, back when that was new and I bought way too much of it, I was I made this gigantic robot out of it. And I remembered it was like, I was like, I want it to transform. And then I was like, what's the vehicle mode going to be? And then I just folded everything till it formed a shape. And I was like, all right, I guess this is the basis of the vehicle mode. I will build off of this. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a sort of indeterminate geometric shape. So I was like, I guess we've got to figure out how to add wings to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this thing's super cool. Um, 
is uh it's a, a worthy achievement did you share it or, i'm assuming you this is from may so you shared you must have shared this around everywhere oh, by now. oh yeah 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 everywhere i am there it is yeah ah yeah i wish i'd been able to get in on that colorway it looks really solid i found out about it just in time to see it was sold out oh th- yeah that's that's always lovely yeah but uh, aside uh, from that, I, I I believe I know the nature of your other uh, off-topic thing that is relevant to this because I yeah, saw yeah. I saw the post leading up to it. Yeah, just just for reference. So, as as mentioned before, I do a lot of glios painting because they sell blanks, they encourage it, and it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. So while back, there's a glios called an AV robot, which is this little junk man robot with a TV for head, and you swap it out for like cameras and speakers and av equipment so it's right up my alley but i did one up to look like uh like a super advanced nintendo robot and the creator liked it so much that it took around three years for it to happen but he actually made it in a production version yeah incredible to me so yeah i've been sharing that around all my socials right now is just comparing the two yeah that's super freaking cool uh I, I appreciate that, like, in, in light of probably not being able to just straight up do Mario on the faceplate, he did the next best thing. Yeah, yeah, Pong was kind of inspired. Yeah. The flathead <laughs> the flathead is really cool, too, because it, it has a little Game Boy printed on it. Oh, that's neat. I think it looks, looks really cool. Uh, yeah, it's got to be a good feeling. Like, mm-hmm. um, AV Robot is one of the... Because there's a couple of Glios... Uh, there's so much Glios in production now that I've... I've almost lost track of for a while like the zullen and everything else yeah uh and a lot of those those sort of um it's weird to say this because it's already a niche but like those smaller niche creators within the glios niche uh their releases um tend to come like a lot more farther in between just because of the cost of you know doing a production run yeah uh but it's i think it's it's fantastic that like he was able to you know it took that long but he was able to do the homage to the homage as it were yeah so that, that was that was a big honor like that was special to me that's awesome so, uh but yeah i also see this fantastic photo on here of one quarter fish three quarters duck uh that makes me pleased yes. as well mm-hmm. that's, yes that's relevant to this podcast <laughs> uh but yeah so uh in the realm of things that will require painting uh, I got in my Critical Role miniatures this week. Oh, that was a whole thing, right? Like there was. A... Yeah, well, it was a whole thing. Yeah, they kickstarted it like six months back, and they finally showed up this week. So I, they did the whole cast for their first campaign, and then the whole cast from the current campaign, uh, minus. Plus the guy that died, and minus his replacement, who still is not, has not been produced yet. <laughs> but it's the Kickstarter set, so I got a whole bunch of extras that were exclusive to that, so it's like almost two dozen figures that have to be painted now. Alright. Welcome to the jungle. <sighs> well, appropriately timed, because I just got in on a new D&D campaign. So, oh, so you're, like, you're loaded up now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's where my brain is for now, so good time for them to show up. Yeah. Uh for more toy centric stuff, I finally found a I finally found the new Lord Zed. Oh, the Lightning Collection one? Yeah. 
Excellent. Yeah, I, I think I still like that one the most of that that first wave. Well, I haven't gotten the other. I haven't gotten the others yet because they're readily available. Lord Zed, if I find him, is just like I found a leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, he's the one per case. Yeah, well, he's it's always he's the one he's the in demand one out of out of the batch. I feel. Yeah, we've gotten we've gotten White Rangers before, and yeah, there's like it's SPD and Dino Charge, you know. But you know, you know, Lord Zed has had uh, an unfortunate time for action figures. So yes, I experienced the last one. It was. It was very sad that last one because that came out this decade, apparently. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's a. I. I really dug him. How are you feeling about him? Are you. Are you digging the. Um. The. The cabling. Uh, the cabling is interesting. I like. I understand why it has to be the way it is, but I really do wish. Like, I wish there were like little spots where I could just peg or clip it in, just yeah. to kind of take up the slack a little bit in some poses. It's definitely the one thing that that probably makes him not the best in the in the wave for most people. Uh, I just found like it didn't hinder me enough to get in the. I think like like De- Deca Master is probably the best in the wave, but I just think Lord Zed's more impressive. <laughs> yeah, like you get him in the right pose and you put him on a shelf and he's fine. Yeah, like he looks super cool as just this really nice Lord Zed. Yeah. You put him in the wrong pose, and he just kind of sags a lot. Yeah, oh. it, it helps that I got those uh, those hex bases that you know work with all those. Um, like, it generally works with anyone who has a a, a peg hole in their foot. Well, uh, well, I, I just I I don't mean like that. I just mean like his his cables and his tubes. Just oh yeah yeah. They don't, he has they don't... he has a lot of slack to him. Yeah, I, I found the one pose I really liked that also was the one where the cables were pulling tight just enough on his back. I think it was. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh man, like if it if it comes out, I know I can fix it, but maybe this could have been like another millimeter longer. <laughs> uh, congrats on finding the uh, the leprechaun of Power Rangers, Lord Zed. Yeah, yeah. So it's why he's known in the community. I know these things. Yes. Uh, at the same, the same target also just happened to have a couple things that hit my nostalgia the right way, which was, uh, the new, uh, Scorpion alien. Oh yeah. From the, the NECA Kenner cross stuff. Yeah. And in the same vein, the metal mash T 800, which is the bronze and black. I learned this. I've learned in the last week, my nostalgia is powered by bronze and black. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, it's like all my all the toys I remember from childhood. Those are the colors. Those those NECA Kenner uh, Terminator and uh, and Alien things. Like the they did a really good job on all the packaging and everything. I wish I did not have so much blinding uh, enmity towards NECA because <laughs> all this stuff came out just in time for me to ha- to have lost all my patience with them. So like I'm I'm not touching any of it, but it all looks very cool uh yeah but like the scorpion alien i played with as a kid so much so like having like a full-size fully articulated one it and it looks absolutely amazing in person yeah so uh that hit me really well so did the t800 uh a little bit less so because like because they went movie accurate on that sculpt he's got a lot of little limitations yeah he's got hoses and pistons going on all everywhere and 
his his ankles because of the design like he doesn't really have ankle tilts which he really needed to have some ankle tilts <laughs> yeah you got because he's got he's kind of got to do that that sort of mechanical duck walk like the animatronic ones yeah um they recently put out a two pack. I saw it at a at a, a local shop with uh, the two human characters from the AVP arcade game. That was interesting to see in person. Yeah, I I need to see that in person because from what I saw in the photos, they weren't the most accurate things in the world. But no, they. I mean, they they definitely look like like I'm I'm curious how kit bashed they are if they are kit bashed at all. <laughs> But it was very eye-catching, that's what I'll say. They they got real good at doing eye-catching cards on these things. So in okay, so last thing last thing I will talk of, and again, bronze and black. Mm-hmm. So at said flea market where I rescued my little thundercracker, the main thing I I grabbed other things there. Like I found like for five bucks still on the card, I got the old Borg figure from the original Next Generation toy line that I had as a kid. That's like when I was at uh, Con Bravo last year, and I just someone had a lot of that series of Star Trek figures, and I, I just saw, I had just finished marathoning, I think, DS9, and, and was rewatching some TNG, and I was like, I would like, I would like Hugh. I'll buy Hugh for eight bucks. <laughs> yeah, those uh, things are, but, are floating around all over the place. Oh, yeah. But same booth had some of the old Kenner alien figures. Ooh. And the the one the takeaway was attacks. Yes, I'm an attacks fan. I played with that toy so much as a kid. Yep, me too. And, like I thought that was the coolest thing. It's like I'm gonna dress as an alien. I'm gonna march right into the hive and punch the queen in the face. I thought that guy was the hero of the aliens cartoon that I thought existed when I was a kid because that toy line was out. <laughs> I thought those the cool because it was like Transformers and Alien put together. You know, it's a guy who puts on a bunch of robot armor to look like an alien. And he shoots a missile out of his head. Like I was, I think I, I think I even still have the missile somewhere. Like I, I think I ended up not losing any of his stuff, but he's spread across multiple storage bins. Yeah, mine's probably all there somewhere, but it is across so many different bins, and like I don't know if the, where the missile is. I I don't know. Maybe the left leg is intact. I don't know. Yeah. So like, for ten bucks, still on the card to have a like a fresh minty one. I'd do that for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that hit my nostalgia so hard. And that's awesome. I want to find ten dollar oh, taxes. Man, I only ever. I mean, not to denigrate them, but that the Star Trek ones are the old retro toys from my childhood that I do find cheap, and I'm like. I think I've run out of them that I actually would ever want to own. <laughs> yeah. Like that same booth had like just pegs worth of those old TNG figures. And like I get like season one Deanna. That's no problem. Or, you know, the Borg. And then there's like super obscure characters for only in one episode. Like, Yeah. Now, I think the the last lot that I picked up, like I picked up a Lieutenant Barkley and like that had to be the real sign that I'm like, I think I'm done. Like, it's <laughs> where you just scrape in the bottom of that barrel. I mean, Lieutenant Barkley's not the bottom of the barrel. Let's be clear. But toy wise, maybe he is. Like, what am I going to do with a Barkley? Why do I own a Barkley action? Figure? I never even opened it. I've had it for like a year. <laughs> it's just been sitting over by my by electronics in the package. Well, like, they they never produced the supercomputer chair for him to sit in. 
Yeah, damn it. I guess I gotta make one. Uh <laughs> but no, that's cool. Um any anything else um off topic on your end? No, that'd be it. All right. Aaron, what about you? You been doing any off topic stuff? <laughs> Actually quite a bit this week. Good lord. Um so I was at the um Think Geek that we have in the mall. Oh, all right. And huh? Well, Think Geek's going away, aren't they? Um uh, they're going back under GameStop skirts. Basically, uh. they're not going to be their own thing, but they're going to be a sub-brand of GameStop. However, I guess the Think Geek physical stores that are still there are still going to be there as long That's as so they're weird. worth keeping open or something. That's so uh, weird. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they're like three stores apart from each other in our mall. Yeah. Um. Anyway, was there and uh was walking, just looking at like whatever random stuff they had. And they had the Super Mini Plot Astro Megazord and Delta Megazord. I've heard so much good about that set. I really want to pick it up now. For $40. I want to pick up that set now. <laughs> yeah. And like I I picked it up and I was looking at it. I'm like, is this supposed to be for each? Because it's like two of them in the box. And everywhere like online, I remember when I was looking before, it was like 80. And I'm going, I'm looking online. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go to Think Geek, and they're saying forty for it. It was like, okay, go and check out. Like, hey, I want to check the price on this. Boop, boop. Yeah, forty dollars. Is that okay? Yep, I'll take that. Okay. Right? Yep. Okay. Now I appreciate all those offers about brunts and about all those other things, but can, if you can hook I, me up I'll, with a forty dollar one I'll, of those, I'll swing back by and see if there's another one there. Okay, thank you, because I, I I would be so down for a forty dollar that whole set. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was good build, uh, it's because of the way that Delta Megazord kind of is a parts formery thing that just clips all around everything else. Um, like not all of it lines up perfectly every time. It it yeah. takes a lot of like smooshing back and forth to get, especially because of the way that like the two parts kind of clip into his upper torso to make everything line up, you kind of got to like slide it back and forth to make it look good as Delta Megazord. Um, and then you can also combine it all together and just have it be a goofy, huge thing, which is probably how it's going to stay since it takes all the parts. That yeah. Way. But so that was a fun thing. Toy wise. Um, I came back with goodies from, uh, origins. Yeah. Um, I kept looking at board game stuff, but like Gen Con's a thing, and I'll have Alfie there to help. But I did open a pack of of Siege from there and got Private Taraxodon as my small guy, um, and had a good time there. We recorded a thing about my experiences. Yep. Um, with it, but of the stuff I got out of there was like a Transformers deck box and sleeves as part of the entry fee along with the pack and then off the prize wall i got some gold d20s and i got um the vivian reed stained glass planeswalker playmat oh sweet they did the stained glasses as physical things as as that was the origins one they had one that's like the upper part of that card art and then another one that was a longer one that was like the whole length art or oh, a, cool or like a a very portrait cut of that art 
and it looked it looked good and it was like I've got these these price tickets and a couple people like handed me their single price tickets because they didn't want a single pack of like wave one or wave two and they're just like I don't know are you still looking I was like okay sure I'll take free prize ball point stuff yeah free prizes yeah free prizes that I paid for in the beginning <laughs> but uh it was origins was good um and then trying to think what else I've gotten uh got a Keurig that leaked so then we got a Keurig that was good all right and um I got you oh the other thing I've been sitting here fidgeting with uh I got some airpods for myself because I got sick and tired of going through the um the around the neck headphones yeah I, they just kept having one side or the other die on me after two or three months. And oh, then I'd geez. go and try and like, I warrantied two of them back to back. And then they're like, yeah, you don't get to do that anymore. And so I just said, screw it. And I figured I would get good wireless headphones because hopefully those will last longer. And then in looking, actually I've got the second release of the AirPods with the wireless charging case for less than what they should than like what the regular one should have been at Walmart right. for some reason they had it marked way down and I it was like oh you know what I'll do it I'll do it like that uh, so have you had them fall out at all or are you are you getting them to, no, okay, to wedge so in pretty well I, I bought them today so oh, okay. it's not like I've gone crazy with them yet but in the ear. Like, I've moved my head around plenty. Um, like, I've not gone running with it or anything to, like, really try and make it happen. Yeah. Um, don't don't poke at them when you're getting onto transit or standing over large grates. Yeah. Yeah, these are definitely... These are more so, like, I'm at my desk and just to reduce office noise and try and have a slight air of like i'm working on something please don't bother me yeah type of thing um the so like the previous headphones that i had had like the the rubber cup seal thing so it's definitely reduces outside noise a little bit more than i think these do but at the same time <clears throat> like i i could go either way on that um, but they seem to fit just fine. I've got them synced to both my phone and my watch, just in case I want to stream music from my watch to my headphones. Um, yeah. Nice. I, I actually picked up some wireless headphones uh, a couple weeks ago. I got some Boses. Mm -hmm. um they have a, a a wire that goes over like around the back of my neck and it has a clip on it so it can like click onto or clip onto the collar of my shirt okay um i got them primarily because i have really nice big <laughs> headphones but it's getting very hot it's, mm -hmm. it's warming up here big headphones in heat is a great way to start sweating after one minute of being outside yeah and i was like i feel kind of like a like a jerk doing this but i need summer headphones <laughs> so i got these these bose um I can't remember the name now. It's a sports something, but they 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 weren't they weren't super. They, I mean, they're bows, so they were they were like over a hundred bucks. But yeah, they they fit really nicely. The clip on the wire means that like even though like you know, it they won't fall off, and I can I can just pull them out of my ears and they'll just dangle down over my shoulders, and it's yeah. fine. 
Uh, sound isn't too bad. Um, like there's more bass than I expected, so I'm pretty happy with them. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, it's 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 I can't do cup headphones in the summer in Toronto. I tried it once with ones that were less bulky and cuppy than the ones I have now last year, and it was mm-hmm. really rough. Um, yeah. So I, I had some other people suggest like the around the ear wire behind, kind of like what yeah. you were talking about. And I just said, I just figured, screw it. I'm going to just like go for this, go full on into the Apple ecosystem because I already got the phone and the watch. I might as well. And <laughs> so for, like, like syncing it was like, I just held one thing up to the other and I said Bluetooth and it was like, oh, AirPods, these yours? Yep. Okay. Yeah. They're yours like- now. Welcome, Aaron. Yeah. We are here for the rest of your body. Just take your ears, replace them with the with mechanical parts. <laughs> hey, man, I'm ready for the cyberpunk future. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, well, congrats on uh, on getting the hot new tech. Anything else on your end? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Um, well, my my thing I got just today. Um, I'm gonna go find the picture I took of it. Uh, I got some SH Fig Arts that had just kind of they, they I was real excited when they got announced, and then I kind of lost track of them. And then I was like, "Oh no, these are going to be popular, aren't they? It's going to be like difficult for me to find." Uh, and then I noticed that they they weren't. They were on Mandarake a lot. Um, and then I kept waiting. They were already less expensive than I thought they were going to be. And then I kept waiting. And then I got them for way the hell less expensive. Than I ever thought they were going to be. So I got the two SH Fig Arts uh, Kuroto Dans. Uh, this Shin Dan Kuroto and Dan Kuroto Shin uh, from Kamen Rider Exaid. Um, I got them for 3,500 yen a piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? You're right? From the same store, too. Like oh, when I, nice. When I, when I saw the I same think... Mandarake had them, and I was like, looking, it's like, oh, these have been opened. But I looked at all the photos, and I was like, literally, whoever opened them repackaged them perfectly. Uh, so I went for it. So, yeah, 7,000 yen for that, both. That, that Japanese, we opened the sealed thing to make sure it was complete. Yes, it's complete. We've not actually taken it out of the package. Oh, so, it's now open. So I opened them up, and they definitely kind of had a, not a bad smell, but they had a, you know, person's room smell briefly. Okay. So I just left them open um, next to an air conditioner all day, and they're fine. Um, there's nothing sticky on them or anything. They're completely they, and they're really cool. Like the between the two of them, you basically get six different photorealistic portraits you can swap uh, for the face, and they look a lot like the actor. Uh, okay. The figure itself is 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 a little bit limited in articulation for SH Fig Arts. Uh, I think they, they kind of went a little bit simple. They're, they're basically identical figures. One has a black jacket, one has a gray jacket, and then they each come with three different faces. Um, the black jacket one's hands attach slightly differently so he can be in the pose he's in in the box. And then the, uh, the gray jacket one additionally comes with gripping hands for accessories of any kind that are cylindrical, like motorcycle handles or guns or whatever. Uh, and he also comes with the continue pipe, which is sort of neat. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, they're not super posable. It's a bit more like a Figma than a fig art, if that makes any sense. And like the, the ankles are just a ball socket joint. There's no like ankle tilt necessarily that's dedicated, but 
I'm still really happy with them. The the faces all just look incredible. And I am now, once again, I believe, SH Fig Arts uh, Kuroto Don complete. So, uh, go me. Um, I think I'm just waiting for if they ever do SH Fig Arts Genmu with the, the bicycle attached to his head. Um, I suspect they're never going to do that. But if they do, I'll have to pick it up. Uh, but yeah, 3,500 yen a piece. I have never like been waiting to get cart jacked harder than I was that night in a long time. Uh, so I'm real happy. Uh, they are often on Mandarake for 4,000 yen to 5,000 yen a piece, uh, with a decent amount of regularity. They, they tend to disappear after a few days, but they always come back. So, you know, go set up alerts if you want to get yourself a, uh, a, a Kuroto. Um, but yeah, that's what I got today. That was my off topic for this week. So, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. Um, I was going to say something about off topic about Monster Apocalypse, but it's really just that I finally assembled and started painting my Monster Apocalypse. But uh, also, there's going to be some Monster Apocalypse promos at Gen Con. So, if I know anyone who's going to Gen Con, uh, who I might be trying to make eye contact with over Discord, if I know anyone who's going to Gen Con, I might want to have a conversation. Hello, it could have been you going to Gen Con, man. I mean, it could have been me. It could have been me. Yeah. Could have been, I could have been a contender. Mm hmm. I've decided. You, that, you you could have tried to get it into the uh, the Energon Open. Well, I can still do that from here. Number right. One. Uh, also, I've decided that I really want to make an effort to go to PAX Unplugged. And okay. There's, They're there's having a, a last chance there. there too. Yeah. So I, I decided that PAX Unplugged also PAX Unplugged is half the cost to travel to than trying to get to Gen Con right now. Uh, I think I want to do that. I'm not 100% yet, but I really, really would like to, because also a bunch of people are going to be there for the Energon Invitational, Mm -hmm. and even if I don't qualify, I think it would be cool to be there to see it, so I'm going to try to do that, I think. But uh, all that aside, uh, to you, the listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't, please check out, if you're interested, our TCG podcasts. <clears throat> We've got, from a couple weeks ago, an interview with Drew Nolosco about organized play, and then more recently, me and Aaron, you might remember him from this podcast, uh, having yeah. a little a little debrief uh, about Origins, during which he was very tired, because uh, he had just gotten back home. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talked about his... Uh, his run with the Arse Thrust Blitz and uh, his, I think, I'll say it again, pretty darn good record, all things considered. Yeah, I, I think I did okay. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so check that out if you'd like to, if you're interested in TCG stuff. Uh, but either way, we will talk to you again. So uh, have a good day and please take care of yourself. Stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.